This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Well, good morning, Passion Church. How's everybody this morning? Are you blessed? I can barely see you with the lights on, but anyway, I can hear you. That's the main thing. Well, it's good to be here. Thank Brother Bruce for standing in for us last week. Heard nothing but good reports from California to Alabama. So, amen. Go give him a hand. He's a faithful brother. Hallelujah. Well, does anybody know what we're talking about this month? The empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Today we want to talk about a little bit different aspect of it, but it's still vitally, vitally true. Because many times, you know, when we think about empowerment or we think about power, we think about, you know, maybe explosions going off or something dynamic like that happening. But we're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit can teach and lead and guide us into God's purpose and plan for our life. And, you know, that's really the key for a consistent life of faith in God of consistent discipleship and spiritual growth in God. And it's the place where you're going to be the most fulfilled as we follow the plan and purpose of God. You agree with that? Well, we're going to look at that a little bit today. Uh, Let's look at, in Genesis chapter 1, we'll go to the beginning. Genesis chapter 1. I'm going to read about one verse here. Verse 28, most of you are very familiar with this. Speaking to Adam and Eve, he said, God blessed them, said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea, birds in the sky, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Now we see right here encapsulated in this one verse, God's plan, His general plan for mankind. And we see several things here. just want to look at three of them. Uh, out of this verse, he said, first of all, he said, be fruitful. God wants us to be productive in our lives. Whatever it is that we put our hand to, the Bible says we should do it with all our might as unto the Lord. Isn't that true? Your career, your vocation, whatever it may be that you're doing, even in retirement. I mean, you know, retire with all your heart, right? (laughs) That sounds weird, doesn't it? But anyway, you know, whatever we do, we want to do it with all our might. We want to give everything we have to it. So he he said, fruitful, that means to grow and increase. God's plan, listen, God's plan for you, for me, for Passion Church, is that we might be fruitful. God wants us to grow and increase. Amen? I want to grow and increase. I want to grow in the knowledge of God. I want to grow in the love of God. I want to grow in the joy of the Spirit. I want to grow in the peace of God. There's all these different areas where we can grow. And this is part of the Holy Spirit's uh, work in us and with us to empower us so that we can be fruitful. Grow and increase. Everybody say that with me. Grow and increase. Now, you know, we need to look at our lives from time to time and say, you know, do I see growth and increase? And, you know, growth and increase is not like, you know, it's it's not like a a moonshot, you know, where, you know, they're taking off at Cape Canaveral and you're going almost straight up, you know, before you turn. You know, the Christian growth is, is, you know, gradual, you know, little by little increments, you know. 
It's kind of like this. I kind of compare it to, uh, you ever fill the bathtub up with water? You ever watch it fill up? I mean, it's here, and you're watching it, and you're watching it, and all of a sudden, now it's here. But you don't really see the incremental moves. You just see it from one step to the next step to the next step. And so the Christian life is that way. But the Holy Spirit has been given to us to empower us, His divine ability infused with our ability enables us to be fruitful and to multiply and to bring glory to God. That's what it's all about, isn't it? I'm going to grab a sip of water here, okay? Secondly, He wants us to multiply. Notice what He said. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Now, it's interesting, this word multiply in the Hebrew, it means to multiply in authority, to take over, and to process. I like that, don't you? Because, see, he's giving them a dominion mandate here. He says, now, Adam and Eve, he said, as my under-ruler, so to speak, on the earth, the planet earth, and I have to say, we've kind of done Masamana's job with being stewards, but that's a whole other topic. But he said, we, we are resp- nevertheless, we're responsible. <laughs> And so, He's given us authority in the area uh, of His creation. He's given us authority in the area of our spiritual growth. He's given us authority and in, in, uh, also the ability that, to use that authority through the giftings, the talents, and the abilities He's given us. Authority is not exercised in a void. That's called a dictatorship. Authority is, is when we take what we've been given and we allow the Holy Spirit to empower that, and we begin to allow His Spirit, His power to flow through us, His grace to flow through our gifting, whatever it may be. So some tremendous giftings here in Passion Church. You know, there's giftings that I, I, I value. I wish I had, but I don't. I wish I could sing like Miss Vicky, but you don't want to hear me sing. You do not. Trust me. I wish I could do that. But He's called us as a body, not as an individual. Now, here's the thing, because I don't want you to, you know, to get a spiritual hernia trying to lift the whole load. See, sometimes we read this, God's given you authority over all, and, and so we think, okay, I'm responsible for the authority over everything and every nation, everywhere. No, you're not. The body of Christ has been given authority. And see, this is why it's so important. Why do you think the enemy wants to separate us? Why does he want to divide us? Why does he want to keep us out from fellowshipping with one another? Why does he want to keep us from from, uh, building uh, deep, lasting relationships? Because he knows together we are better, together we are more. Your gift, my gift, the grace in you, the grace in me is greater than any one of us trying to do it by ourselves. And so we need to recognize the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Part of that is bringing us together together so that we can exercise our corporate God-given authority through the gifts and abilities He's given us. And eventually, you know, God's plan is we take over. Amen? God has a takeover plan. Amen? At one point at Calvary, you could call Calvary a hostile takeover. Because the enemy devil was the God of this world, Paul said, because of Adam's sin. But now, because... Uh, of what Jesus did. The Bible says He triumphed over Him, victorious over Him, by force, by divine ability. So we could say in a way it was a hostile takeover of Satan's dominion, which He got by cheating and lying anyway. 
So we're using that authority to take over. And, but when God takes over, He takes over in love. He takes over in forgiveness. He takes over in power, in deliverance, in healing. God's, when God takes over, it's always for the better. Amen. So I like that takeover. Amen. And then it talks about process. You know, the Christian life is a process, isn't it? You know, we, 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 we see some growth in our lives. We, we see God do things, that, excuse me, do things in our lives. Then we come to a place where we say, okay, it looks like, you know, just routine, routine, routine. And then God does something in our lives. It's a process. And many times that process happens when we have, first of all, an event. And the event is that not that we have some super-duper service. Of course, we want to do that too. But the event, most of the events are in our own private prayer life, in our own private devotion life, in our own private just getting alone and being with God on a consistent basis, being in His Word, listening to the Holy Spirit. God's Word, Brother Bruce prayed this, but God's Word is full of life-giving power. Amen? And so anytime I imbibe, anytime I, I receive a word from the Holy Spirit, it produces power in me. It produces grace in me. It produces faith in me. And so I grow and increase every time I have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the thing. If you're not having that on a regular basis, that also will show up. Yeah, I mean, think about, the, uh, think about an Olympian athlete, okay? I mean, the last Olympics, about four years ago, he won five or she won five gold medals. So she says, well, you know what? Man, I don't need to do anything for this next Olympics. I'm just going to sit back, eat Ben and Jerry's ice cream and, uh, you know, some Oreos or whatever, and just, I'm just going to have myself a good old time. When they get out on the course to run in the next Olympics, them four or five gold medals from the last one is not going to help them, is it? They, they've got, you've got to be prepared. You've got to, it's got to be a consistency that happens in our lives. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit to help us. Because, you know, we all want to take time off. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Come on. You know. The, the spiritual life is not for wimps. I don't know where we ever got that idea from. It's not for wimps. You know, if, you, if you're really sincere about your faith... And your walk with God, it's going to cost you something. You're going to have, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some effort. It's going to take some energy. Amen. And then the third word he used there was replenish. That means to fulfill and gather. Replenish. Replenish. God wants to replenish us. You know, Psalm 23 is a beautiful psalm. Many things in there. One of the things talks about how, uh, in other words, he replenishes or he restores my soul. And the way he does that is by the fellowship and the working and the moving of the Holy Spirit in our lives to replenish us, to replenish our peace. I'm going to tell you what, if you look and see what's going on in the world, it's real easy to lose your peace. It's real easy to get quite disturbed about what's going on. And so we need to have times and seasons where our peace gets replenished. You know, because you're in the workplace all day or whatever, wherever it is you're doing, or you're at home and you're taking care of the kids, whatever it is that you may be doing. But, you know, there are things that want to come and steal our peace, want to come and steal our joy, want to come and bring, try to bring fear and anxiety on us. 
And so the Holy Spirit, when we spend time with Him, He said, He said, I'm giving you a dominion mandate. And it starts by this, being fruitful, multiplying, and replenishing. And the Holy Spirit is the one who helps us to do that. So I want us to, as we think about that, let's look over at Isaiah 55. Now, Brother Bruce quoted from this a minute ago, but I want to read it. I had it in my notes to read, so we're going to read it over there. Isaiah chapter 55. We're going to pick it up at about verse 9, about verse 8. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it, without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that yield seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You know, as we feed upon God's word and the Holy Spirit takes that and opens up that word to us, opens up and reveals what the scriptures are saying, what God is saying, then we receive that word. And notice he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. God always thinks better about us than we do ourselves. God always has big, better, bigger and better plans for ourselves than we do for ourselves. Because He's a God who believes in His work in us. He believes in the grace of God that He has uh, given us. He believes in the power of His Spirit that dwells in us. And you know, we need to learn to believe that about ourselves, but we also need to learn to believe that about each other. Amen? You know, we all have faults. We all have flaws. We all miss it. But, you know, and, it, and those things are so easy to see, you know. You know, you can have a, you could have a perfectly beautiful wall, a mural on a wall, and one flaw can stand out so easily, can it? Everything else is in perfect place. But what is your eye drawn to? It's drawn to the flaw, isn't it? And it's so easy to be drawn to the flaws that are in our lives and say, you know, well, man, I might as well give up. In some of our cases, we add an S on their flaws. Some of us have more than one. But he says, neither are your ways my ways. He said, just as the heavens are higher than the earth, he said, so are my ways higher than your ways. So the plans God has for us, they're good plans. But here's the thing, we need to know what they are. That's where the power comes. We're not empowered till we know what God has said. We're not empowered till we know what God's will is. Because faith always begins where the will of God is known. And so if you don't know what God's plan is for your life, then you're not going to know, you know, any road you want to take is as good a road as any. I mean, you know, I thought I was going to Birmingham, but here we are in Mobile. Okay, rejoice. No, I mean, you know... if, if God's destination is Birmingham, that's, that's kind of where I want to end up, you know. I might not get there overnight, but that's where I want to end up. Whatever God's plan is for my life, that's the thing I want to, that's, that, that's the thing that brings the joy to the heart of the Father, and it brings fulfillment to us, and it really fulfills the mandate over there in Genesis. Because if we find God's plan, if we find God's purpose, and we be, get busy doing that, then we're going to be fruitful. We're going to multiply. God's going to replenish and restore us. He's going to enable us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we accomplish His plan and purpose, it's going to bring blessing to lots of people. 
And we're in this not just to be blessed, but to be a blessing. Secondly, if we're going to pursue God's purpose, we've got we to recognize favor from God. God's favor. What helps us to follow God's plan? It's His favor. I, I like this saying. I, I forget where I read it. It's not original with me, but uh, I like it. It says, one day of God's favor is worth a, a thousand days of labor. Amen. You know, if you think about it, you know, we think about some of the, you know, we think about some of the great heroes and heroines of faith in the Scriptures. You know, we think about whether it might be Daniel or Esther or Nehemiah or, or di- different and various ones. But at different times in their life, you see where uh, they're moving along in God's plan. It looks like they have a setback. I mean, Joseph got sold as a slave. That's kind of a setback. <laughs> Daniel got put in the lion's den. I'd, I'd say that's a bad day at the office. All these things happen. But all of a sudden, what would happen is God's favor, it would be a shift, and God's favor would come on them. Whether it was favor of deliverance, favor of promotion, the favor of God's wisdom. I mean, you think about it. Daniel outlasted about three different regimes. I mean, what was the Medes, the Persians, Persians and the Babylonians. I mean, after, after all those kings were dead and gone, he was still there going. So the favor of God, the blessing, the favor of God, it is absolutely essential for us to understand uh, that God wants to give us a f- His favor so that at there are times, and many times right after maybe it looks like a setback, there will be a shift in God's favor will show up. Let's look over, look in Proverbs 16. The favor of God. The favor of God promoted Daniel and the Hebrew children, didn't it? The favor of God promoted David into being king. See, a lot of times we think, oh, these were great men and women of God. Well, they were, but they were also just people like us. And if they hadn't had this shift of God's favor in their life, they wouldn't have accomplished what they did. Proverbs 16, 7 says, when the Lord takes pleasure in anyone's way. In other words, when we find favor in God's side, He causes their enemies to make peace with them. He'll have your enemy promote you. He'll work so that your enemy works for your good. Amen? I mean, they'll, I mean, they'll just, you know, almost fight one another. You know, make sure you get what you, what's coming to you. When God's favor is on you. And listen, Passion Church, we need God's favor. We need to pray, yes. We need to work. We need to believe. We need to do all those things. But I want to tell you, without God's favor, nothing, nothing much is going to come of it. We need the favor, the grace of God resting upon what we do. And that grace and favor is most found when we're in the divine will and plan of God. See, because when I'm, I'm in alignment with heaven, then, man, when, when it's time and God, I need, I need the favor of God at this particular point in juncture to fulfill my course, then I can be a, have a confidence and assurance that, you know, the favor of God will just suddenly show up. Amen. The favor of God. Think about, remember when Samaria was being, they were laying siege to Samaria and, you know, and everybody was starving. They were reduced to cannibalism. And, I mean, things are pretty dire when you start eating your own kids. That's hard to fathom, isn't it? And things were really bad. And there were four leprous men, you know, outside the city gate. And finally, one of them just came to this really, really bright conclusion. Why do we sit here until we starve to death? 
Let's just head toward the enemy. He said, the worst that can happen, I'm paraphrasing. He said, the worst that can happen is they kill us, put us out of our misery. But it says, as they begin to move toward the enemy, all of a sudden there was a shift. It says that God caused a sound from heaven like mighty armies marching toward them. And all, they all, the enemy all fled and left everything. Left the silver, left the gold, left the donkeys, left the horses, left the flour, left all the corn oil, fried chicken, whatever. <laughs> but you know the story. It, it, there was a divine shift. And all of a sudden, favor. And one day they're starving. The next day there's an abundance. See, it may look like you're just about on your last leg. It may look like it's just about over. It may look like, you know, it's, hey, throw in the towel. But God says, hey, there's coming a divine shift, a shift of God's favor, a shift of God's power, the power of the Holy Spirit into your circumstances. Hallelujah. That's a word for you, brother. A divine shift. A divine shift in your circumstances. And when that happens, when that happens, man, all of a sudden it's like the Scripture says, He's turned our mourning into dancing. One minute it's like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And the next minute it's, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm just a simple preacher. I believe it. And favor, just the favor of God is a good general indicator that I'm in step with God's plan. That doesn't mean there won't be opposition. We know, we, we know better than that. But, but ultimately, I will see God's favor resting upon my efforts and what I'm doing. And that's a good signpost. You know what? We're not arrived yet, but you know what? We're on the way. We've put some miles behind us. Hallelujah. God's favor, a great indicator of being in step with God's plan because we need that church. We, are, we need the empowerment of God's favor upon us here at Passion Church. We're not great in number, but you know, neither were the 12 disciples. Worked out pretty good for them, didn't it? So, you know, I, I have confidence. My confidence is not in numbers. It's in God and in His favor. My confidence is in the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And this favor helps us to overcome the opposition, the obstacles, whatever it might be, whatever the enemy's attacks, whatever the circumstances may be. You know, I always say this, you know, when your dream awakens, when the God dream in your life awakens, your enemy also awakens. Remember, Nehemiah was sent back to build up the walls of Jerusalem. Remember that? When Nehemiah showed up, Guess who else showed up? Some old guy called Sandballot. Wouldn't you like to have that as a name, Sandballot? But he, see, he opposed everything Nehemiah did. Up until that point, you never heard one reference in there about Sandballot. Where did he come from? He just came out of the woodwork. And it seems like, you know, when you begin to move in God's plan and purpose, you begin to purpose and set yourself, I'm going to do the will of God no matter what. I'm going to follow hard after God no matter what. He's first no matter what. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, the sand ballots come out of the woodwork. But that's okay because God's empowerment by the Spirit of God, by the grace of God, the favor of God will enable us to overcome it every time. 
Listen, you're going to have some opportunities to give up. Ooh, Lordy. But you don't have to. God's favor, God's strength will help you. And then for protection, we're talking about following God's plan, purpose, and pursuit. Protection. As we follow God's plan, it provides protection. I already alluded to Daniel, the Hebrew children in the furnace, Daniel escaping, you know, uh, out of the lion's den. And, and of course, Joseph out of the, the pit, sold into slavery, into prison. But see, when you're following God's plan, you're following God's purpose, I'm going to tell you, God's person is indestructible until the plan of God is complete in their life. I believe that with all my heart. Hallelujah. That's why i got a lot more years to go. Amen. And so do you. Amen. Absolutely. God's protection. So as I'm walking out God's plan and purpose in my life, as I'm pursuing Him, we have the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. He makes us fruitful. He gives us favor when we need it, that divine shift. And He gives us the divine protection we need when the sand ballots come out of the woodwork. And we can say, our God is more than enough. Can you say that? Now, God's purposes. God's purposes are always higher and greater, as I said, than we would think for ourselves. Let's look over in Zechariah. You know, it's over there where the pages stick together. You was just over there reading this morning, wasn't you? <laughs> Maybe not. Zechariah chapter 4. So he said to me, verse 6, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Hallelujah. What you are, mighty mountain, before Zerubbabel, you will become a level ground. That's God's word to you today. If you need that word, you take it. Maybe some of you are facing a mountain, mountain of difficulty, a mountain of debt, mountain of sickness, whatever it might be. He said, you say that mountain, listen, who are you? You're going to become a level plain. We're going to walk right over you. You will become a level ground. And then he will bring out the capstone, shouts to God bless it, God bless it. But really, I like one translation where it says, grace, grace. You will shout to the mountain, grace, grace. What are you saying to your mountain? Oh, you're big. Oh, you look so big. Oh, it looks so dark. Oh, it look, I don't know. He said you ought to be saying to the mountain, grace, grace. God's grace. Speak grace to it. You become a level plane. You will not hinder God's plan and purpose for my life. Amen. And we already know there in Isaiah where he said, my thoughts are higher. My ways are higher. Listen, never begin in the Spirit and try to fulfill it in the energy of human flesh. What God speaks to you about His plan, He's going to fulfill it by His power. God didn't say, you know what? I want you to move that big weight over there. And he said, now get at it. You know, He knows what we can and cannot do. And anything He calls us to do that's it's going to be bigger than us. We already said his ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. You know, I'm thinking a dollar. God's thinking a million. <laughs> More likely, Bruce. <laughs> but 
his higher thoughts, they are more excellent in scope. His thoughts are more empowering, and they are motivating. They give faith. They give faith. When God speaks, it builds us up. It brings faith to us. It brings encouragement to us. It brings strength to us. It brings, bless God, we can do this. Amen. You know, they used to talk about, you know, sometimes, you know, in, in hitching up animals for plowing, you know, they'd have one animal. They might have one that might not have an exact pair. They might have one horse that's a little bit bigger than the other one. And so when they do that, they would hitch them up in a little bit different. They'd put the, the, the bigger, stronger animal in the shorter harness. And then they'd put the other animal in a little bit longer harness. So what happened is, is that, you know, the, the bigger, stronger animal was pulling most of the load. And the other animal was pulling some of the load. Well, see, that's the way God's grace works with us. See, he, he's got the short harness. He's pulling the weight. He just led us over here in this other harness so we feel like we're being useful. Amen. He that's joined to the Lord. <laughs> Amen. I'm yoked up with him, but he's got the short yoke. See, our problem is, is when we want to jump over there and jump on the short yoke. Well, that's, that's, that, that really is, as we used to say in the country, a rough road to hoe. Some of you folks never grew up in the country. You never hoed any cotton. You anybody in here besides me chopped cotton? One. Two of us? Holy cow. Miss Annette, we're older than dirt, aren't we? I'm telling you, as a kid, you look down that row, because, you know, they'd, they'd sew that cotton, you'd just sew it out there, and, and then you'd, you'd both thinning out the cotton, some of it had to be thinned out, and then you had to get the weeds out. But I'm telling you what, as you, if you're a kid, you look down that row, and that row's about, you know, 150, 200 feet long, and you're 10 years old, that looks like about 10 miles long. You're out there in that hot sun, Alabama sun. Got that hoe and it's almost bigger than you are. I'd rather be in. I'd rather be in the long yoke. And let 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 Jesus have the short yoke. And His ways, His ways are higher than our ways. See, a lot of times we're doing it the hard way. We need to let God do it His way. I like what Brother Danny Johnson said. He said he said there's our way, there's their way, and then there's Yahweh. <laughs> Amen. God's ways are supernatural. Supernatural. And, and, you know, and the ways by which He brings it about is going to be supernatural. You're right there real close. Take a left in your Bible to Haggai. See how easy I made that for you? Haggai chapter 1 and verse 5. Notice what God says here. We're talking about God's purposes. Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. When's the last time you gave careful thought to your ways, Passion Church? Careful thought to your ways. Am I following God's plan for my life, or am I just, if I just got into a rut? You know? You know, I get up, I go to the widget factory. We make left-handed widgets on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. We make right-handed widgets on Tuesdays and Thursdays. You know, Whatever. Or whatever it is that you're making. But it's so easy to do that. You know, we come home, we make supper, we, 
we collapse, you know, because we're so tired. You know, we're taking care of the kids. And it's real easy to just kind of just kind of just get in a rut. It's just kind of, you know, we're just kind of, we're going through. We're living life. I understand that. But at the same time, we need to, periodically, we need to say, wait a minute. Am I, is, am I following in God's plan for my life? I'm not talking about whether, you know, you're brushing your teeth and things like that. But I'm talking about the important things. Am I really following that heart after Him? Am I where I need to be in my spiritual walk and growth with God? Is my prayer life up to par? Amen. When's the last time I just took some real time with God? You know, we give God snatches of time. You know, we have our devotional time. Maybe we pray before the pray over our meal time. Pray right before we go to bed and collapse time. But when, when do we give quality time? Now, I know you can't give hours and hours. Nobody's asking that. Not, God's not asking that. But there needs to be times when we give God enough time that we can hear Him speak. You know, even when we say sometimes we're giving God time, really, we're doing all the talking. I mean, He can't get a word in edgewise. You know, because we only got five minutes, man. I got to make sure I let God know everything I need. And I ain't got but five minutes here. I need, I need, I need. My name's Jimmy. I'll take all you gimme. When's the last time you prayed for someone else's needs? When's the last time you prayed out prayed for a neighbor? When's the last time you prayed for a situation maybe in another country, for another nation? Something besides just praying for yourself. Amen. Because if anything, if, if Christianity is anything, it's, it's got to be something bigger than just ourselves. He said, consider your ways, careful thought to your ways. You've planted much, but harvested little. See, we're going to get some indicators here now when we're not exactly in the plan of God. He said, you, you plant much, but you harvest little. What's your harvest like? What's your spiritual growth, your spiritual harvest like? What's that like? Well, I'll tell you what, Pastor Norris, it's really hard to keep your peace nowadays with everything that's going on. Hmm, Really? So, what are you harvesting? You're not harvesting any peace. What about your joy? Where's your joy level? Well, things are so hard. It's hard to have joy. You eat, but you never have enough. And I tell you what, just seems like at the you know the end of my paycheck comes before the end of the month. I mean, I'm always behind, Pastor Norris. Pray for me. Well, what do you want me to pray for? That you'll stay behind? That'd be like me, you know, somebody asked me, pray that I'll come to church. Why would I pray that? You already made up your mind you're not coming. Amen. Come on. We, 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 we get so silly sometimes with things. We need, to, we need to consider our ways, consider our thoughts. He said, you planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but it's never enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you're not warm. You earn, you earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. If any of that feels like your situation, then, you know, you need to take heed to your ways. This is what God says. Give careful thought to your ways. That's the second time he said that. He said, then speaking to the Israelites, he says, go up to the mountains, bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored. 
See, sometimes we're so busy putting ourselves first rather than putting God first, putting others ahead of ourselves. This is what the result is. We may think it's wise strategy. Oh, you know, I got to, I mean, Pastor Norris, now, you know, charity begins at home. You ever heard that? Charity begins at home. Well, that's fine. So what are you doing to take care of your home? You got a cousin in need? You got an aunt in need? You got a brother or sister in need? See, a lot of times when we say charity begins at home, we mean charity begins with me. I got to make sure I got enough. I got enough of everything. God says when you see these things, these things, descriptive things happening where it seems like there's just a discontent in your spiritual life. There's a discontent. There's just doesn't seem to be enough. It just always seems to be a lack. You always seem to be like you're trying to catch up. You know what I'm talking about? That's when he said you need to consider your ways. Amen. Consider the road that you're on. Now, this word uh, ways here, I want to open it up just a little bit. He said consider your ways. It means consider your mode of action. Your mode of action. What is your mode of action? When trouble comes, what's the first thing you do? When difficulty hits you, what's the first thing that you do? When fear comes against you, what's the first thing that you do? So he says, consider your ways. What's your mode of action? Do you go to God first or do you go to to the, the arm of flesh first? Are you trusting God or are you trusting in yourself? He said, consider your ways, your mode of action. What are your actions? Are they actions of trust? Then it also means uh, a frustration of your purpose. A lot of people are living lives. uh, What was it? I forget who the writer was. He talked about leading lives of quiet desperation. Maybe we've got some lit scholars in here might know who that quote's from. I forget. I knew him 50 years ago. But, But quiet desperation. A lot of Christians are living lives of quiet desperation. You know, they come to church and they put on a, a smile or a face or a, an amen or a hallelujah. But, you know, when they go home, you know, their mode of action, they're, they're, they're frustrated. They're discouraged. And that's not what God has for us. That's not God's plan. God wants you to have joy. He wants you to have peace. He wants you to be able to trust Him with all your heart. Amen? This word way, this word uh, consider your ways also means your road. What road are you on? It also means right order. Who's first? Amen. Is it God? Is it God's way or your way? Which which is going first? All right. Let's wrap this up with my third point here. Pursuits. We're talking about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Plans, purpose, pursuits. Pursuits. Listen, you are pursuing what you deem to be your purpose. You are. Every one of us in the room, we're pursuing what we deem to be our purpose. Now, it may be cloudy. You know, what we perceive to be our purpose may be cloudy. It may not be clear. We may not be quite sure what it is. Or some of us may not even believe we have a purpose. Our purpose is to survive and make a living. But whatever it is, you're going to pursue it. Eventually, when you settle on this is my purpose, you're going to pursue it. There are going to be actions that take place. There's going to be things that you're going to do to pursue that. I want to read. Let's go to 1 Corinthians over here. I love this scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 
Paul is speaking here about purpose. Verse 24, he said, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Our purpose. Our purpose, that's the prize. He said, Everyone who competes in games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I go back to the example of the Olympics. Could you imagine? They're lined up, you know, the fastest people in the world for the 100-meter race. And they, they fire the shot, and everybody runs in 16 different directions. Guess what? They're not going to win. They're going to be automatically disqualified, aren't they? And so he says, I don't run aimlessly. And see, if you don't know what your purpose is, that's what you're doing. You run up this alley and blind alley and then back down that way. I'm not saying that we don't do that as we're searching for our purpose, but I don't want to spend my whole life, like Paul said, running aimlessly. Not when I have the Holy Spirit to help me find the right path, if I would only take enough time to be with Him and to listen to Him and to trust Him. See, some people turn Proverbs 3, 5 on its head. You know, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding. A lot of people turn that around and say, they trust in their head, you know, and lean not to their heart. They do it to get a crown that will not last. I read that. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. One translation says, I'm not shadow boxing. Could you imagine a guy, you know, he's going to be a heavyweight contender, and all his training is, is beating on the bag. Shadow boxing and beating on the bag. How's he going to feel when he gets in the arena with a real opponent and he feels that first lick on the head? Oh, wait a minute. This ain't the way it was in training. I mean, I was the one doing all the beating, man. This guy, hey, that hurt. And all of a sudden, the uppercut under that chin. Oh, man, you start seeing stars. You're like, wait a minute. No, listen. He said, he said I'm, I'm not shadow boxing. I'm not beating the air. He said, he said I'm, I'm moving with purpose. He said, what I do is purpose. You know, and if you see a professional boxer, you know, it's not just about how big and strong they are. That's part of it. But we know this. They study their opponent, don't they? They know his, his weaknesses, his, his strengths. They know uh, his tendencies. They, they study his footwork and all that because they know it's not enough. Just to be, You could be stronger than that other person. He could still beat you. So you have to have a purpose, and you have to pursue that purpose, and it takes discipline to do that. He said, no, I strike a blow to my body. In other words, he said, I don't want to get in the arena, and that's the first time I ever felt a blow. Boom. You know, sometimes we have to discipline ourselves, and that can be difficult if you're not accustomed to it. Try praying for 30 minutes. Now, you can sit down while you do it. You know, it's, it sounds so easy, doesn't it, until you start to do it. You know, take, take 30 minutes to, to just take a short portion, don't, not 50 chapters, five verses, two verses. And just meditate on that thing. Study that thing. 
allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you about that. That takes discipline. But see, when the, when the day of testing and trying comes, you know what you will have done? You will have built up your spiritual muscles. You will build up your mental muscles. And you will be able to stand. The reason some people fall so quickly is because they have absolutely no discipline in their spiritual walk. So all they've got to go on is, you know, just however strong their willpower is. And once your willpower is out, that's it. So Paul says, I, he says, I'm not running. He said, keep your body under control. Control of the Spirit. Discipline. There is no progress without discipline. I don't care what your endeavor is. If it's spiritual, if it's intellectual, if it's scientific, if it's musical, I don't care. Any, any program of study that you want to really excel at, you want to grow in, it's going to take discipline. You're not going to grow. If you think you're going to become a concert pianist, you know, by watching Rocky and Bullwinkle and eating Twinkies, it's not going to happen. You're not going to, you're not going to grow your faith, you know, unless it's done on purpose. Discipline. No one can do it for you. Amen? I can't grow your faith for you. I'm tr- I'm, I share the Word, and Brother Bruce and others do, we're to help you, but you are the one that ultimately that has to build your faith. You have to build your confidence and trust in God. You've got to come to a place where you say, this is it. I put my heels in no further. This is it. I believe it will be done unto me just like God said it would be done. My trust is in Him. Amen? And we trust the Holy Spirit to empower us. Now, how does He do that? Turn to Galatians 5. Just about to wrap this up here, guys. Galatians 5. Paul said, you know, if we have begun in the Spirit, our spiritual walk, and life with God, our new life with God. <clears throat> he said, then let us also finish it with the Spirit. And how do we do that? You know, how will the Holy Spirit it will help us and empower us? How does He do that? Here in Galatians 5, we see uh, how He does that. He says, verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love. When we are growing in God's plan and purpose, the first area we're going to see some fruit in, some growth in, is love. We're going to love. You know, we know what 1 Corinthians 13 says about God's love. God loves, believes the best of everybody. God's love is ready to, and quick to forgive. It's patient. It's forbearing. It's long-suffering. It's not critical. It's not judgmental. Come on. This is, is, love, is love joy? Joy? You know, joy is our strength. You lose your joy, you lose your strength. You lose your strength, you're going to lose the battle. Peace. Boy, you know what? I value these things right here. Amen. Joy and peace. Boy, peace. Peace like a river. Peace that that governs our heart, our minds, our thoughts. A peace that that is greater than what the world can give, Jesus said. I give my, my peace to you. Amen. This is what the Holy Spirit wants to cultivate in us as we pursue God's plans and purposes. It is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. He says forbearance. You know, 
That's where you, you know, you're dealing with those people who are not perfect like you. You have to forbear. <laughs> Kindness. You know, just be kind. Nothing grates on me like a professing believer who is unkind. That just grates on me. I'm like, be one or the other. You know? That's like, I don't want to bite into a bowl of chocolate ice cream and, you know, and it's all bitter. Man, I want it to be sweet. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and look at this last one, self-control. He says in verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. How do I keep in step with the Spirit? Fruit, love. If I walk in love, I'm going to be in step with the Holy Spirit. If I walk in peace, I'm going to be in love with the Holy Spirit. If I'm forbearing and forgiving, I'm going to be in step with the Holy Spirit. If I walk in joy, I'm going to be in step with the Holy Spirit. If I show kindness, I'm going to be in step with the Holy Spirit. Because that's the fruit of the Spirit. I'm going to be in step. And if I'm in step with the Spirit, then I'm empowered by the Spirit. Amen? It takes perseverance. And without the fruit of the Spirit in our life, without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in our life, we cannot persevere. You will be overwhelmed. But by the help of the Holy Spirit, His presence, and the fruit of the Spirit, we walk in step. Walk in step with the Holy Spirit. We can persevere. And perseverance helps us to what? Weed out all the discouragement before it can become hopelessness. Because I'm going to tell you, if you don't weed out discouragement, it will become hopelessness. It will begin, I mean, your circumstances begin to look like it's hopeless. The situation in the, in the nation, the economy, the situation with the racial tensions, I mean, anything you want to name, it can look like it is hopeless if you don't, you don't cultivate this fruit and persevere and get rid of the discouragement that we see. Because there's so much going on in our world. I don't, I don't blame people if they're discouraged, especially if they don't know the Lord. But if you know the Lord, you don't have to let discouragement rule you. And you know, somebody somewhere has to be able to move past it to get to a place where there's some healing that happens, isn't there? Lord, do we need healing in our nation. We desperately need healing. And you know what? It starts with the people of God. If we are who God says we are, if we have who he's, what we, He says we have, then we should be able to do what He says we can do, and that is to help bring healing to our nation. Amen? I'm going to sow seeds of love. Somebody says, well, how can you love those people the same way God loved me? Amen? See, I know, I, I tell you all the time, you know, God, you did God a favor when, you know, when, when He got you, right? Maybe not. We know you're good people, but maybe not. So we're talking about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Let me read you some action points here, and we're going to pray. I'm going to let you, let, you, let you go. Do you know for sure you're following God's plan for your life? Wait on God with His Word. Pray. 
Those of us who pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. Because he says you speak out divine mysteries to God. And, 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 and incorporate the work of the Holy Spirit in your prayer life. You know, we talked about last week that the Scriptures over there in Romans 8 says he's our super intercessor. See, so when we pray in the Spirit, we're incorporating the Holy Spirit even more into our prayer life as we pray out the will of God, as we pray out the purpose of God. And then, you know, and then secondly, let me ask you this. Are you frustrated in your f- pursuit of God's plans, fulfilling God's plans? Man, I've been frustrated before. You know, it, it doesn't seem to be happening as quickly as you'd like. You think, you know, it's easy to look at others and say, wow, man. I mean, God, I mean, you know, I'm being faithful like they're being faithful. But I sure don't have the results I'm seeing that looks like they're having. Well, first place, you don't know what all they're going through. You know, you may think you want to trade places to them until you get in their place and then you say, hey, God, can we go back? But that's why the Scripture says we don't compare ourselves among ourselves. But here's the thing. If you're frustrated, perhaps you're trying to accomplish God's plan in your strength. That will lead to frustration. Amen. If, God, if God's given you something to move that's going to take a, a bulldozer, then you need to wait for the bulldozer instead of trying to put your shoulder behind it and wear yourself out. Amen. Then thirdly, do you ever feel like you're in a lot of activity but it's not producing too much fruit? Remember over there, he talked about, you know, he said, you sow a lot, you reap a little. You ever felt like that? Well, you might need to go back to the original mandate. What did God say? Reset. Might need to reset. Every once in a while, we need to reboot our computer, reboot our phone. We need to reset it from time to time. Maybe it's time to reset it. You know, Pastor Church, I say this, and I know, you know, you say, well, you're the pastor. You're supposed to say it. I guess that's right. <clears throat> but I'm also a person just like you. And I know, and I do believe with all my heart, that the best is yet to come for us here at Passion Church. And I refuse to be moved by what I see. I don't care what the enemy's doing. And, and let me just say this, you know, we're to eat from the Lord's table, aren't we? You know what he said over there in Psalm 23? He said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So when you're sitting at the Lord's table here, Passion Church, you're sitting at the Lord's table. Don't be surprised if, you know, you see the enemy sitting there too. He said he's going to be in the presence of his enemies. Well, that can't be a heavenly table because there are no enemies in heaven. No, it's right here right now. And so as we continue to, to feast on God's Word, on God's goodness, on fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit... Allowing Him to speak and to guide us into His perfect plan, both individually and corporately as a church. There's going to be, listen, there's going to be the presence of some enemies. Don't think, that, don't think it's strange. But here's the thing. Don't get caught up with the enemy. Get caught up with what's on the table. There's healing on the table. There's deliverance on the table. There's a full supply on the table. There's peace on the table. Come on. That's what we should be focusing on, what's on the table, not who's seated around it. 
Amen. See, he don't get to eat from the table. He may be in my presence, but he don't get to eat none of it. We're the ones that get to eat of it. But it takes a decision on our part. Amen. Well, let me pray over you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.